Welcome back to another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. I can tell you that yesterday was an absolute disaster when it came to technology for me. The okay. internet didn't work. My cell phone didn't work for the majority of the day. I was out of touch. It was it was a battle. It was a battle to overcome. And but I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we're for back. Those we get to get don't know us. In the- I am Jake Nudelberg, Director of Success at On The Ball, and that is my brother and co-host today, Mark Nudelberg, President of On The Ball. And don't adjust your screens. It is not Thursday. It is not my day. I will only be talking for a short time today. Thank you to you and Dad for holding it down yesterday. I'll be back next week um, with some more content. Had a golf tournament that I was super excited to be at. Honestly, didn't take any pictures, which is a real shame on me. I'm not living up especially to since you had all that time in between oh, swings i know right now yeah, thanks thanks for the reminder <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all day performance honestly but uh it was a great uh, day always to get on the course and i'm glad we could share a little bit of time together today that's awesome yeah no i'm glad you're running the board for us today super excited to have daniel wakefield on the show who is just a great story he has a great story about photography He has a great story about his family. He has a great story about entrepreneurship and moving down here and starting in this market. Um, I knew from our first coffee that we had at Kith & Co. that we would work together. And it took a little while, but I think it was maybe a year, a year and a half later, we had finally worked together. He is the mastermind behind our negotiation module production um, so we're so grateful for that. And it was a great and great experience working with him. And yeah, I'm super excited to have him on the show today. It's going to be an amazing time. I know he was actually one of like my favorite coffees. I did an in-person coffee with him. I went to his studio, has an amazing studio. If you haven't been there, you need headshots, obviously. Um, but I'm excited about it. But I, I see that we have a new Friday tradition. We do have a new Friday tradition. Dad started this two weeks ago. Then we carried it on last week. I'm going to continue to carry it on. It would not be Friday if we did not hit you with the Friday jam. And I'm telling you, I'm really feeling that music today because today was a PR Friday for me oh, this morning. So I set new records for the power clean for myself. I did 195. And for the hang snatch, I did 115. And yeah. so super pumped about the PRs. And I know everybody's like, what are you doing? You're going to be 38. Why are you lifting heavy? And it's because I have a sickness. I have, There's something wrong with me. and I have oh, I'm going to ask you to give a little bit more um and then we'll get to daniel but i do want to ask you a question so you are an overachiever i would categorize you as an overachiever a little almost uh, in your face as an overachiever um (laughs) most people struggle to even set goals in one avenue and pursue the activities to actually reach those goals 
I would like to say that you are constantly evolving and trying to reach new PRs in every avenue. And I would like to tell you that your three main priorities would be work on the ball, your fitness, and then your family. How do you manage setting goals in each avenue and then actually going about doing them on a daily basis and not losing track of them and balancing which one you're focusing on? It's a great question. So first is to set very specific goals. Like my goal right now for June is to be at 182 pounds and 12% body fat. That's not to be in good shape. That's not in to add muscle. That's not get stronger. It's very specific. I know exactly what I'm trying to work to do. So it allows me to then figure out and define the behaviors that are associated with that. Lifting heavy weights, being a certain amount of days in the gym versus running and cardio, eating a certain way, hitting a certain amount of of grams of protein a day. So that defines it for me by having a specific goal. I have that specific goal in all three areas, right? Our business one, we have our top line revenue goal. We have our number of platforms goal. And so I'm able to work towards all of those things in a day and, and know what the behaviors are that align with that. The last one, which is family, but it's not the last of my priorities. I think all three of them are pretty equal to me. I make sure that I set a hard boundary. Most of my days end at 4.30. And people are like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. You're not working hard. Bullshit. I grind from 8 o'clock in the morning when we start the huddle until 4.30 in the afternoon. And then I try to shut it down until 7.30, until Jules goes to bed again. And then Gabby and I have our time for an hour and a half or two hours till 9 or 9.30. And I'm trying to be sleeping between 9.30 and 10.30 so that I can get up at 4.30 and do it again the next day. So, like, that's really – I've defined the behaviors associated with the things I want to do. Different way of looking at balance, in my opinion. You know, as everyone talks about balance, it's like, well, I'm going to do something a lot and then do nothing. You know, it's like that's not – like I'm just going to get away. Where it's much different, I'm starting to experience that now, you know, like my priorities are split in different ways and blah, 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 blah. But like the balance is that you can move on to the other one and give it attention that it deserves. That's all I really wanted to undress a little bit because I do find I it love that you're able to Thank do you that. for asking. It's a great start to the day. Let's- but I want to get to Wake Up Music, get to Daniel so that we can hear his amazing story. Let's wake it up. So I am going to show my rust here. Do we go to daily affirmation first? Right into walk-up music. Beautiful. Right, it's right welcome. into walk-up music. And then I'm out. It was great to see you guys. I can't stop. No, I can't quit. It's in my heart. Yeah, I'm on it. Till the wheels fall off. Till the spotlight fades. I will lift your banner high. I will lift your banner high. Until the world's crashing for the rest of my days.
Welcome to Huddler in the Hot Seat, Daniel Wakefield, Michelle Power Party. Yes, Toby Mack. She's fired <laughs> up about Toby Mack. Can you give us a little bit of context around Kobe, Toby Mack? Uh, I mean, that song is on uh, it's on my workout playlist, and um, it kind of I think it embodies a lot of things about my life. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm a, a husband and father. I'm a business owner, and I just want to bring it. <laughs> and that's uh, that song kind of embodies that. I, I there's no I think so when you just kind of hit your top priorities right there on on descriptors, I think there's no doubt why you and I clicked way back when at Kith and Co, where I yeah. got to learn your story for the first time, which was fantastic. I mean, I learned I you know I like I normally do, I ask inappropriate, invasive questions <laughs> to people that I've just met. And I got your story about your parents and the history of your career. So can you let, I mean, I know you know a lot of the huddlers, but yeah. can you let the ones who don't know you well in on a little bit of your backstory? Yeah. So um, originally from Canada, so I'm a transplant, been, but been down here for about eight years. Um, you know, I kind of grew up a little bit all over the place. Um, my backstory is that I used to be a high school teacher. And um, I have a degree in biology. Um, and so, um, you know, did that for a number of years. Um, we ended up moving down here to South Florida. I got into wildlife photography just as a hobby um, and just really fell in love with photography. Ended up being published a few times and winning some awards with my wildlife photography. Um, and just started really loving photography in and of itself as a medium for creative outlet and started thinking about, well, how could I do that as a career? And I was like, I don't want to be a wedding photographer. It wasn't, wasn't my thing. And, um, but I didn't really know how else to get into it and make it a profitable career. Uh, and so I just kind of kept it on the back burner. Um, but I was doing like people portraits on the side a little bit, like friends and family from church or like graduation photos and stuff like that. And I started to think about, this really important question of how do you capture genuine expression from people? Because everybody loves it when you get genuine expressions, but they hate the fake smiles and everything. And the, I always tell people my, my kind of number one example is my mom. Whenever I would take pictures of my parents, like my mom has the most beautiful smile in the world, but if you tell her to smile, it's the most fake smile in the world. It's like, so I'm like, mom, that's not what you look like. It's like she's um, being held hostage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so it got me down this road of thinking like, well, you know, how do I capture her smile in a way that everybody else in the world can see what we know to be true? Yeah. Um, and that, man, when I, when I got into headshots, it just clicked because it's like, it's so dialed in and focused on human expression um, that I was just like, you know, fell in love with it. So you kind of chased your passion a little bit. And I, you know, I would love to dive into like your whole story because I love it to death. Like being a teacher and the principles that come out of that and how you've applied that. But specifically, I want to kind of dive into, so you kind of found this passion for the camera you found this curiosity around capturing people's expression, but you didn't just try to figure it out on your own after that, right? Then you invested to go study and learn from somebody else. Not a lot, not enough people do that. Most right. people struggle with it for themselves. They're not willing to ask for the help. They have too much pride. 
how did you sit? How did you come to the decision to go learn from somebody else? And what was it like? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is that um, I haven't told a ton of people this. It's not a secret or anything, but I tried to start a photography business before top tier headshots and it epically failed. It was a total and complete failure. And I know you <laughs> talked about that. So, you know, <clears throat> I learned from failure. Right. Right. And so um, when it, you know, kind of came back around, not that long after that, I was starting to think about it again. Like, I know other people are making this work. How can I make this work? Um, and I got connected to a guy in DC who was doing headshots full time. And he put out a little book about, um, you know, how he was able to go full time as a photographer. So I read that um, and we had a mutual connection. So I ended up reaching out to him and hopped on a Zoom call with him. And he essentially became a business mentor for me. Um, so I was getting mentored on the business side from somebody in my industry. And then he said, hey, if you, if you want to do headshots full time, you need to go get mentored on the photography side of things by this guy, Peter Hurley in New York City, who's widely considered to be the best headshot photographer in the world um, and go and study under him because he just he teaches people how to do world class headshots. Um, and so it was it was just on both fronts, the business side and the photography side. I mean, and I wasn't coming to it as a brand new photographer. Like I had all this experience on the wildlife side of things. I knew how cameras worked. I knew, you know, creative things, but it just this very hyper specific, um, you know, uh, niche of professional headshots. To be quite honest, I, I, <laughs> I came to it thinking, oh, you know, it's headshots. How hard can it be? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just totally learning um, about just how hyper-specific you can get with it. I was humbled big time. and it. But it also, like, if you're not humbled, you're never going to push yourself to grow. You're going to think, oh, I got this. I don't need anybody's help. Um, and so I think the the being humbled of the first business failing – and then okay. being humbled by like sitting under this world-class expert and just being shown how little that I knew about yeah. the subject, um, it really pushed me to think, well, that I, I need to grow and I need to learn and what who better to learn from than the best. That's amazing. <clears throat> and so that is now at the foundation of how you capture headshots, how you capture people's expressions, you have a phenomenal headshot. You've worked with so many people around South Florida that are huddlers, that are part of our network, that are part of GOTB. There's some people, there's some great headshots behind you that we can see. What's part of the secret to bringing out somebody's true self and true expression? Yeah, that's that's a fantastic question. Um, so I think when like when I boil it all down, like there are a lot of people that use like little, you know, things here or there. But I think when you boil it all down, what it really comes down to is genuinely connecting with people. Because like I've heard so many horror stories of people getting headshots where the photographer didn't even really interact with them. It was just like, oh, go stand over there. And this one guy told me recently he had gotten headshots two other places like kind of went the cheap route and got headshots to other places and just didn't like either one um, and ended up coming to me. And he said, the photographers just told him like, go stand over there and you can choose to smile or not smile. And that's, that was it. 
And, um, and when you, my clients who have worked with me, they'll say like, from the moment they walk in, like we're having conversations, I'm, I'm finding out about what they're doing in their careers, what they're going to be using these images for, you know, what their vision is for the, what they want to portray and communicate to their audience. Um, and so like, I'm trying to connect with people because really the goal is, um, I want people to have a headshot that looks like they're smiling at a person, not smiling at a camera. Mm. And as you know, in sales, uh, business development, all these things, like you only get one shot at a first impression. And if yep. you've got a fake smile, if it looks like school picture day, like that's a wasted marketing opportunity right there. So you hit on that word there. I don't, I don't know that everybody has fully made that connection between having headshots and marketing themselves. Yeah. Right. Like even still, and you leverage LinkedIn really well, you do a great job with it. And there's still few and far between the amount of people that truly understand how to market themselves in that platform, particularly. So as you're building this business and you're like, okay, I got to be able to market I got to help to be able to help people market themselves. Yep. How did you end up in this LinkedIn game? How did you end up as a networker inside of the platform? Somebody who uses it to truly add value and build your personal brand in it. Where did that come from? Yeah, no, I love that. So my, uh, my business mentor who's in my industry um, in DC, with the first conversation that we had, he told me, he said, I get a lot of clients from LinkedIn. And boy, that's stuck. Like, I was like, well, if, if it's working for him in DC, why can't it work for me here in South Florida? So I just, I dove in hard and, um, I like, I, I was brand new. I didn't know anything about like business, networking, marketing, anything. Uh, but I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to learn. I'm going to follow him and see what he's doing and see if I can adapt it to my market and just all of these things. And then started like following other people. I followed these uh, these guys called the Noodlebergs who seem to be doing pretty <laughs> yeah. well on LinkedIn and just learning from them and their content and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and then just like on the networking side of things, man, I, um, uh, again, like I, I just didn't understand what networking was. I knew that I needed to grow my business. I needed to get out there. I couldn't just have a website and wait around for people to find me. Um, but I was like, well, somebody had kind of put in my head that like I need to like go to networking meetings and like hand out my business card and then try to like book sessions with people on the spot. And I was like, first of all, I like that feels like cold calling. And I'm just that's I'm not that guy. Like, you know, people who know me know that that's just not my jam. Nor, nor does anybody want that. Ever. No, right. right? Like, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I was like, eh, that just doesn't feel like me. Like, surely there's a better way. And just like learning and joining some great networking groups and learning from some people, I began more and more to realize that it's about building business relationships. And it's about adding value um to the people in my network and that applies to both in-person networking as well as linkedin um and if you can kind of get those things down uh, man it's gonna just do wonders for your business relationships strategic partnerships um, referrals and just the whole nine yards um and so really the thing that got me started networking was first month in my business january 2021 
Um, I was real that first month. I was like really just getting going. I was building por a portfolio. I was getting a website put together. So February of 2021. So three years ago, this month um, mm -hmm. was like my first like full month in business. I'm going. I'm out there. I made 60 bucks that month. <laughs> 60 bucks and i was just like okay i've got to do something more than just have the website and wait for people to find me and somebody suggested hey have you ever been to like a networking meeting like a like a luncheon or something like that and i was like no but i'll try anything at this point mm -hmm. um and that really was the push that i needed to like start putting myself out there and, and working on that so you had already failed, right? And now yep. you're you're three years ago and you're back in business. Did that create a different kind of hunger for you? Were you a little <clears throat> bit grittier? Were you a little bit more all in and bought in because you had already failed one time yeah. and you were a little bit more determined not to fail again? Yeah. So the, the first uh, business was a side hustle um, and I never really treated it as more than a side hustle. Um, so it didn't have the focus that it needed, didn't have great direction to it um, and things like that. Um, but I was I was all in at this point three years ago. And um, thankfully, um, Bethany, my wife, was working as an, a nurse at the time. And so we had a little cushion, but um, <clears throat> she wanted to be a stay at home mom. And so I was like, well, I, I got to make I want to make this happen for her. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, we have four kids, um, and, uh, I wanted, I wanted her to be able to do that cause that's what she wanted. And, um, I wanted to be able to, to make it happen. So I was like, I got this fire. Let's, let's do whatever it takes. I know I, again, the inspiration of seeing other people doing this in mm -hmm. other markets, um, was like, if, if they can do it then I can do it. And I'm going to learn what it takes to make it happen. And is, was there anything from that failure that you were able to carry with you? Obviously, like, to me, your why is not the business. Sure. You're passionate about what you do, but your why is your family. That was that yeah. extra motivator to provide, allow your yeah. wife to be stay at home and do what she wants to do. That's a little bit more of the why but was there anything from that failure that you carried with you that was some motivation and some fuel to keep you going as well? Yeah. So it was kind of, it was stuff that I, I didn't even really realize at the time, sure. but like I had no, I had zero mentorship from other people in the industry. I was just like doing it by myself. There was zero networking happening. I had a website, but it was just like, it was really unclear, like how I helped people or like my marketing was just really lacking there. Um, and uh, this time I was like, last time was just, oh, it's a side hustle. There's not as much pressure. Mm -hmm. Just kind of sit, maybe throw out some Facebook ads, but just kind of sit back and wait for people to, um, to, to reach out. And <laughs> really nobody ever did. Um, and then with this time, I was like, I got to do something different. I got to be more proactive. And so let's, you know, people were saying, have you tried this? Have you tried that? No, let me try it. Let's see. Let's see what works. So you were more, you were willing to try more things. You were willing yep. to experiment more. You were willing to, to listen and, and try, which eventually led to obviously more success because here you are three years later, you're celebrating the best January on record for you, if we can, yep. that that's okay to say. Absolutely. So congratulations for that. 
Phenomenal story. I, I, I love you. To, you already got another client, by the way. I don't know if you saw Lainey Jones said she'll oh. be reaching out to schedule a headshot with you. Lainey is great people. Lainey will lead you to the American Cancer Society, which I'm sure, I'm sure you've already done some work in and around there before. Um, but so that's awesome. Congrats there. As we wrap the show, unbelievable nuggets about failure, unbe unbelievable nuggets about mentorship and learning and experimenting. If there's one thing that you'd want everybody in the huddle audience to know about you that you haven't shared yet, what would that thing be? Um, so yeah, just, um, I love what, this is kind of something that's happened with, um, with growing on LinkedIn and networking and things like that, but I love connecting other people. And yeah. that has become like part of my MO with networking and with my LinkedIn activity is like, if I see somebody over here who has like maybe in an adjacent industry to somebody over here and I'm like, why don't you two know each other? Like you yeah. could like make magic, like referrals partnerships, whatever, like I'm going to make that introduction. And I just love doing that. Um, and so connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, love to like connect with people on the huddle that I don't already know. And um, just, you know, see how I can add value. Great stuff, Daniel. Thank you so very much for being a huddler in the hot seat. Unbelievable story. Thank you for helping us and working with us. Yeah. And we will be working again to get together again soon because we will be creating a free location for the get on the ball training uh, platform that we have. So we want to be able to offer part of what we do for free to anybody, to everybody. And you, sir, are going to be the person that helps us do that. So <laughs> thank you for dropping unbelievable amounts of nuggets today. Thank you for being a huddler in the hot seat. You guys have a fantastic weekend. We will see you on Monday. Let's get down to business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this.